You're listening to the Sonic Guild Colorado Podcast. I'm your host, L.M. Fisher, musician, producer, and creator. This episode features Emmanuel Alexander, musician, tunesmith, and educator. I had the pleasure of speaking with Emmanuel via Zoom on a classic Colorado February day. We were both glad to be bundled up out of the weather while we discussed tour tips and tricks, advice for young artists, creating events that support the BIPOC community, and so much more. This is the Sonic Guild Colorado Podcast with Emmanuel Alexander. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Snowy. It is snowy. I just got back. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! What, what were you doing? Uh, I was teaching. I was like, uh, I was at I was at Eagle Crest High School with uh, the Denver Municipal Band. My mentor, uh, Shane Ensley, and uh, a friend, Brianna Harris. And so we were just playing for their um, their band class, kind of teaching them about like jazz and improv and so we played a song that's amazing how did you start doing that well shane hit me up he was like hey can you do this like really like i think it was yesterday (laughs) but i uh worked with that band before and so they do a lot of like they do performances uh for certain like city things and then they also do like uh teachings and they go to classrooms and he kind of teaches about jazz and talks about like the life or just like if if you want to become a jazz musician and, and so I was kind of like an example because I went to MSU Denver I graduated from where Shane was teaching and so um it was it's just pretty cool to kind of I also went to East High School today too and I taught some kids so it was good that's awesome yeah. so what is the the life of a jazz musician from your perspective <laughs> I think it's uh I was just talking about this. I think it's a lot of like you just you know, you dip your toes in a lot of different different things. So like during the day I teach like lessons online, so it's kind of like a form of teaching. And then like get hit up for gigs um here and there and like mainly gig it in the evening time. And uh and then I also do studio sessions, so I think uh, this past last week, one of my friends, Gabe, is working on his album. And so uh, I'm in his band for that album. So I think we had like a couple of recording sessions or we had like two. Yeah, two. He had three recording sessions last week. And so we kind of did that last week. So it's it's kind of like freelance and you kind of just like roll with it. You know, like you could get an offer to play um a wedding or something you know like or you could just get offered to play this gig tonight and are you free like i don't know like how much does it pay you know (laughs) so (laughs) it's just there's a lot of different ways you can kind of fit in but i'm i'm not i wouldn't say i'm really like strictly a jazz musician i would just say i'm just a musician you know because i play in many different other other bands too you know uh bluegrass and like folk bands too so very cool so let's go way way back take me on a journey of your musical history i guess it's i don't know it started uh, my earliest memories uh there's this photo there's this picture of me and it was like a little i think i was like 
one or two and i was just holding a guitar so so that's cool and then high school came around and i just did percussion and drums and played in the pit orchestra played like cymbals played on the drum line played fourth bass and uh i didn't really play much guitar I played guitar here and there like later on in junior senior year but i just like would dabble i would just be learning like jack johnson songs or something like that. <laughs> Jason Mraz. Um, and I would play a lot of Guitar Hero too. And that's kind of how I got into like classic rock, like listening to all that stuff. It was just. No way. That's amazing. What is your, what was your go to Guitar Hero song? Oh, my go to? Reptilia <laughs> yes. by The Strokes. <laughs> Solid. Such a good song. Really good. And I would love, yeah, that was the one. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of how actually I started playing more solo stuff like soloistic things i think just listening to a lot of cl classic rock got me into it oh i also would listen to uh kuvo the local radio station here when i was growing up like ever since i can remember like i just remember having 89.3 on when i'm falling asleep when i'm like awake in the morning on saturday like sunday like it's always on when I got had a radio in my room. So I'd just be listening to music all the time. Yeah, out of high school, I uh, went to school for business. That didn't work out, obviously, because I'm a musician. I don't know. That's a lot of business in being a musician. It is. That is true. But I'd rather be mainly a musician than mainly a business person. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I, went to, I went to school. And had a rough year, took a year off. I was like, what do I actually want to do? I was like playing guitar a lot and I was producing, like making beats on my on my laptop through FL Studio. And so I was like, and playing some guitar and like playing bass just to play beats too. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, man, I'm just going to go to school for guitar. And so in 2014, I started going, taking private lessons at a community college and then I, two years later, I transferred to MSU and then I started my jazz performance degree in 2016, graduated in 2020. And I joined my first band in 2017. That was like my first band outside of like, um, like school in 2017. So that's kind of how I got into the music scene. And then I've been playing ever since. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're been in quite a few bands from what I've seen, you know, doing some research about you. I've seen you play with Kayla Marquis and mm -hmm. you're doing this stuff with the the schools. Every time I, mm -hmm. I hear from you, I feel like you're working with somebody else. What is your approach to collaboration? I would say my approach is with like my friends that are musicians and, you know, if an artist too like if i dig their work i'm like yo i would love for you to like maybe do some album artwork for me or make a logo for me so i'm oh i'm so for it i love it and uh, it also like elevates them too you know and not just yourself so yeah and no, absolutely i mean that's the cool thing about art is that we only really get better by sharing what we do and yeah. i think being open to that destructive process i love that you know i think that's like such a important thing to hold on to when you're making art is be open to 
seeing what else it could be because most of the time it ends up being something you can never imagine, which is so exciting. Oh my God. Yeah. So true. It's like something that you didn't even, can't even comprehend. You're like, oh my gosh, we just did that. Like, and then you're like, yeah, this thing sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's really cool when you get to share it with other people, you know? Yeah. So you went on a West Coast tour in 2019 with Caitlin Williams. Was that your first tour? That was my first tour. Yeah, that was that was great. That was a great tour. Yeah, I was in Caitlin's Williams band. I played bass and uh, with Connor Taronis and Dan Quisenberry and Chelsea Lovato. And uh, yeah, that was a great tour. We went to Taos, New Mexico, to Arizona. Then we went to California played at the hotel cafe. That was like my first time in, was that my first? That was my first time in LA. And so that was a great spot. The hotel cafe is a a cool gig. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. I was definitely nervous. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, like where are we playing? We're playing in Hollywood. No way. But yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then we played in uh, San Francisco and uh man it was this cool spot it was really cool and then one of my uh, old friends from high school showed up it was really cool because i haven't seen him in a while at, at that gig in oakland actually and then we played uh and then we went up to then we went went up to seattle we didn't go to portland and uh, we played uh, a so far in seattle any tips or tricks to art other artists going out on the road for the first time make sure that you vibe with those people because like traveling especially being in the car with someone like driving seven hours to the next spot and then getting to the hotel figuring out that maybe you're getting to the hotel like two o'clock in the morning and you're everyone's tired after driving like nine hours or something you know to the next destination you know there are times where it's just like oh my gosh <laughs> But like, you know, it's all love. It really is at the end of the day because we get to make music with each other, you know? Yeah, that and uh, I don't know. It, it. I guess our first tour went pretty well. Like nothing really happened except for one thing, the car like, you know, kind of broke down a little bit or we had to check something, but we got it fixed and, and then we were back on our way. So it was great. That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, that's a real tour. I don't think uh, you can really call yourself a touring musician if your vehicle hasn't had some sort of issue along the way and you had to stop at like a weird middle of nowhere like gas station and just praying that it all works out classic yeah that happened (laughs) uh that happened well that happened when we were headed back this past november when me and kayla and tina went on tour the car broke down on the way back and we're in this town and we're just figuring it out and there was only like one shop that was open and and it was like a holiday too or it was a sunday it was a sunday Mm. that's why so like all other shops were closed and we're just like oh my gosh and luckily luckily that one shop came through got us on our way like fixed the car in like four or five hours we were good so we made it (laughs) um take us through the journey of your songwriting where did it start and where has it evolved to now? See, songwriting is, uh, isn't is something that I actually like, I would per se like work on or have been working on mm. recently. Um, I, I did used to write a lot of songs. I used to like, I used to rap actually. And so I wrote a lot of, a lot of raps and I used to do poetry and, and I recorded a lot of songs, but I've never, I never actually released them. 
or I have some that I release. They're on SoundCloud. I wouldn't say I have a strong relationship with songwriting. I say that I I, I write tunes, you know, mm-hmm. like they're like melodic, you know, things like just like jazz, you know, like sure. they're, they're just so playing like, tunes. You're like so more you, of a composer than a than a songwriter. Of, yeah, right, right. More of a composer than a tune writer. But um, yeah, recently I've been like kind of getting back into like I just need to write some stuff and 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 I'm trying to trying to get myself back into that way but like now incorporating what I know now because before I used to rap I didn't really know how to play guitar that well or bass you know I would just be making beats and uh and then I would write over them and so now I, I really want to like start actually like singing yeah because I was a much more of a like a reader like where literature English was way easier for me and I hated math and now I have a very easy time with lyrics, but the composition side is a bit of a struggle for me. So I wonder if that's there's something to that. Yeah, I think I like think about music and numbers a lot. Like mm. they correlate, just like time, you know. And so we think of time as numbers, like one, two, or whatever, sixty seconds, a minute, right? One minute, we're talking about numbers. And so, yeah, I think I'm just I just tend to listen i also tend to listen to when i'm listening to a song i really listen to the rhythm and the beat first like and the lyrics after Mm. you know and so like i've been really trying to like actively listen to lyrics you know but i just love the beat so much i'm like (laughs) how do you listen to both (laughs) you can listen to a whole song but it's kind of hard to to do both but i've been i've been trying it's been it's it's been working out. You have a solo live looping project named Backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's amazing. First off, how Thanks. did you get into looping and what are some of the challenges of like creating that with pedals? And I, I mean, it's like a whole other mm. gear piece to incorporate and like a tool yeah. to learn. Totally. Well, I got into looping. I, uh, spent a lot of time by myself. I didn't really have people to play with. And it was like, I didn't really dive into guitar pedals at all. Like I would just kind of play stuff to my laptop, like produce. And so I wouldn't really loop, but like I wanted something that I can just have instead of my laptop that I can like loop on. And so it was actually a funny story. Like uh, when I was uh, uh, getting lessons from uh, Dave Devine, my uh, guitar instructor at MSU. There's this one lesson and it was early on, I think it was like in the first semester, second semester. He was like, do you have any pedals? And I'm like, no, I don't have any pedals. He was like, well, you can't be a student of mine if you don't have any pedals. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm getting some pedals. <laughs> and so my first pedal that I bought was a looper pedal because um, it was just like, I, I wanted to like, I wanted to be like kind of a one man band you know so really trying to get the timing right and your internal your internal like time feel should be like feel like it's actually like moving you know and not slow or fast and so i think uh really like working with timing is is a a challenge and also when doing it live like playing with kayla marquis like you only get one shot to do (laughs) that song so it's like you gotta like practice it until you have it like perfect really 
or as accurate as you can have it, you know? So I think it just, it just takes time working with the looper and really like trying to perfect whatever you're trying to do. It, it takes, a, it takes a little bit more practice for sure. So yeah, performance wise, I think the looper is a little, a little difficult, but it's fun when it, when it, when it, when you hit like a loop, right. It sounds amazing. So I will second that I've heard the looping done live by you and it's really <laughs> cool. It's really incredible. Like it makes me want to get into looping, but um, it's great. You make it look easy, but also like really, I, I know in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, it's not, it's not just like a click kind of thing. Yeah. Like you yeah. can tell you put a lot of work into it. Thank you. Okay. So you have a residency at the Metalark Bar. I do. I have looked into your off the cuff event. Where did the idea come from and what is the mission of off the cuff? That idea came from just kind of what I like to uh, explore musically, which is improv and that freedom of expression, you know, that like raw, that raw expression where it's like it's happening in real time and there's no like, there's no like chart, there's no, oh, this is what we're going to do. It's just happening. Mm. Like, it's like you're living in the present moment. It's basically that. And I, I, I just enjoy doing that with rappers and vocalists and you know anyone like anyone make music or producers you know I really open it up just to like come up and like let's make something you know who cares what it is let's just try it so yeah that's that and uh the mission of that is I really I also really um that space at Metal Arc I used to play there actually uh last year and Wes Watkins was the one that actually brought me on to play there uh every week when he was he had the residency uh first you know and so I was playing with him like every week and Khalil Brown and Will Gaines and um it was really cool just to see like four black men on stage, black musicians playing music together, especially in Denver, you know, and I also like grew up here. So I, uh, I grew up here in Aurora. And so Aurora is like the most diverse city in Colorado. And when I moved here in Denver uh, in 2021 in October, it was, it was definitely a change. You know, it's not, I don't see the same people. I mean, I don't really walk around Aurora, but I, no aurora so it's like i see very diverse amount of people around me is like ethiopian a lot of black and brown communities like hispanic see asian people it's 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 all over it's really cool and so like coming down in denver and and seeing that it's like it's not that and so mm -hmm. i really try to cultivate a space so like black and brown people like and indigenous people have a have a stage that they can come and express themselves and they also feel comfortable because they see other people like them you know and so yeah that's honestly what i really try to push just like bipoc people in in five points black and brown people you know in five points which is rhino but it's five points so <laughs> that's the mission yeah it's uh, just getting uh, people of color in here and, and playing good music and, and featuring them, you know, too. So like other people can can like be turned on to them or like, you know, figure them out. So, yeah, that's off the cuff every Wednesday at Metal Arc Bar. I'm there with a trio. Yeah, I really try to like hire black and brown musicians and also artists, too. There's live painting that happens. I also have a 
vendors that come through too, Aerocraft, and I'm going to have a potted piece project coming up in the in the summertime too when it gets warmer so yeah amazing listeners go check it out cool event in your area support your community maybe get a little less gentrification in the five points which is so funny that it's like i don't know i think growing up here i was like the five points was kind of like historically a little bit more like Mm -hmm. culturally diverse like as part of denver it was always kind of like oh yeah cherry creek like that's more of like the white communities but now it's kind of like yeah the whole place really is Kind of just a hip, hip, white, (laughs) gentrified, (laughs) (laughs) white, hip, (laughs) cocktails, coffee shops, and cocktails that are like 20 bucks, overpriced, everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's exciting to try to like redefine that and kind of like bring it back around and give people more opportunity to experience maybe communities they wouldn't normally ordinarily be exposed to. So speaking a little bit on the Colorado scene, we talked about maybe what it needs more of, maybe more events like off the cuff. What do you think that it's doing successfully right now for the music scene? Successfully, I do really appreciate a lot of people reaching out, you know, and really trying to learn about the history here. But the music scene is so, it is diverse too. Like there's so many different shows you can go see all the time happening last night like uh i mean it was fat tuesday so there was like a funk jam hap that happens at mile high spirits and then also at new conscious my homie hunter was playing and it's it was like this really heady jazz stuff you know and it was just right down the street but also like you go you know south broadway i have friends that play at the high dive all the time i have friends that play down goosetown tavern like it's very spread out and and i i love how how diverse like the music is like you can go and like check out a show at dazzle or and then the next day go check out a show at the high dive like (laughs) it's really cool and it and maybe you see some of the same cats at dazzle at the high dive you know i love the collaborative aspect of our scene i feel like a lot of people play with different bands different styles you know and it's it's really cool to see that i play with uh sound of honey and it's my friend Emma Rose, and she she's like a bluegrass bluegrass like bassist plays in Big Richard, and so like playing her music, you know, it's yeah. it's like folk, it's like well like I don't know like any folk, but it's totally different. It's not jazz, like, <laughs> but it's really cool that you know I'm doing that, and also I play with the um, this banjo player. His name is Jamie Stone, and his kind of group is like folk electronic it's really cool and so we play some of his stuff too and so and manuel alexander yeah. <laughs> people you need to know any advice to artists just starting out just starting out i would say that my advice is if you love doing it then that's that's honestly the first that's honestly the first step and then second step if you're just starting out don't be don't be too hard on yourself because you're just starting like everyone starts somewhere you know, and then also maybe really try to like focus on like what you really want to accomplish or like get better at, like maybe one thing and just like really focus on it, you know, whether it's learning an instrument, learning to mix or engineer, whether it's like maybe focusing on being a producer, making beats, 
you know, if you really kind of start with that. But I also, if you're starting out and if you want to do music, learning a bass, just like basic knowledge of music theory will really help you. And learning the piano. I feel like this thing, oh man, you could go, if you learn this, it's basically like you know how to, you know everything. I don't know. That's that's kind of me. I'm trying to get better at piano. I started on piano and then I kind of ditched it. But it's just because you have so much information there, like you can play bass. You can play rhythms, you can play horns, and then you can play like just supporting stuff and then also rhythm. So you're learning all, you're learning so many instruments in one, really learning how to play bass and, and drums in a way because rhythm and then keys. Great bass. advice. Amazing advice. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today virtually of course. and spiritually yes. and enjoy your snowy day. Hello. Before we go, what is your favorite snowy day activity? Ooh. As a Coloradoan. As a Coloradoan. What's my favorite snow day? Staying inside playing video games. That's my favorite snow day. <laughs> no, but I really do enjoy <laughs> snowboarding, but it's just too expensive. Someone get me out. Someone pay for my lift ticket, yeah. please. And cold. Uh, and cold. <laughs> it was actually really nice when I got, when I pulled up, it was like 355 where I was driving and I was like, it's mm. sunny, but it's snowing. It was like, it was it was so beautiful. I was like, I got to take a video. It was like, it was crazy. I don't know. It was really cool. But anyway, now it's just snowing. I don't think it's sunny anymore. Amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thanks for your time. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. Check out the links in our show notes for more information on Emmanuel Alexander's upcoming projects and learn how to become a member of Sonic Guild Colorado.